Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series through the book of James, entitled Wisdom for Life. We'll now have our, our Bible reading, which is from James chapter 1 and verses 19 through to 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I can remember when I was still in primary school, we used to have the saying, I'm sure you all had the same saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And we used to say this when anyone would insult us or be nasty to us, but unfortunately it's not true. I mean, we would like it to be true, but it's not actually true. Uh, your broken arm, your broken leg you can, will heal. You can recover from that. But often you can't recover when someone has smeared your good name, who has lied about you, and if other people have believed them, it can become very difficult to recover from that. Words do hurt. And they can often leave lasting wounds. And we've all been hurt by words. But worse than that, we have actually hurt other people with our words. A careless, thoughtless word, a harsh critique, gossip, and the like. Now we called uh, to follow Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we called to follow Jesus and to be like Jesus. And, and Jesus, the way you be like Jesus, essentially by following the, the Sermon on the Mount. That's kind of the law that we follow. And... Uh, in James chapter 1 and verse 25, it's referred to as the perfect law that gives life. And in James chapter 2 and verse 8, it's referred to as the royal law. And Jesus simply explains it in Mark chapter 12 and verses 30 to 31 like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor includes your enemy. Jesus said, love your enemies. See, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is all about loving God and loving people. Christianity is not about rules and regulations. It's not about performing rituals, no. Being a Christian is not, it's not about being religious. It's about a relationship. It's about loving God and loving people. Now, if this is so then why are there quarrels and fights and arguments? Why, are there, why, why do we get angry with each other? Why do we say hurtful things to each other? And this was clearly happening within the, the church communities that James is writing to. And so he writes to them. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. 
What is the righteousness that God desires? Jesus-like behavior. Loving God, loving people. And when we get angry with each other, when we say thoughtless things, careless things, hurtful things, mean things to each other, we, we are not behaving like Jesus. We don't look like a loving community. Now, how many of you wake up in the morning and you decide, well, today I'm going to get angry. I'm going to wind people up. I'm going to say thoughtless things, hurtful things. I'm going to wind them up as best I can. How many of you start the day like that? Hopefully no one. <laughs> we, we don't start the day like that. We all start by saying, I'm going to be like Jesus today. I'm going to be kind and loving and compassionate. I'm going to be helpful and uplifting and encouraging. But then we get to the end of the day and we look back over our day and we realize we've blown it. We have said things before thinking, hurtful things, thoughtless things. We have lost our cool. We've had road rage. We've had a heated argument with our wife. We have said things before we've, we started thinking. And we end up at the end of the day with regret and, and saying to yourself, what was I thinking? Have you had that experience? Or is it just me? Okay, one honest person. <laughs> yeah, but why do we do that? Why do we behave like that? Well, when I was doing some research for the sermon, I came across some really interesting um, insights by a, a lady called uh, Sue Kraft Kramer. Now, she's an expert in how our brain works. And uh, you, you might know this. This was all new to me. I, Kind of discover we have sort of two parts to our brain. We have our, our thinking part, which is at the front, which does all the complex thinking thoughts, that does all the analyzing of various options so we can solve problems. And then we have another part, which is more the emotional part of our brain. And within the emotional part of our brain, we have what is called the amygdala. That's our flight or fight system. That's our safety device. Its, its purpose is to keep us safe. And so it's constantly on the lookout, like a radar, it's constantly on the lookout for any sense of danger. And as soon as it senses danger, it puts us into a fight or flight mode. So you're walking along, and you look up, and you suddenly see rocks falling from the sky. In that moment, what do you do? Run! Jump! Okay, that's your amygdala suddenly putting you into a fight or flight mode. And what it does when it senses danger, immediately in 0.85 milliseconds, it will flood your whole body with chemicals, with adrenaline, that will give you superhuman strength for a very short period of time so that you can fight like a warrior, you can lift up a car to save a loved one, or you can run like the wind to jump out of the way of a falling rock. Okay, it's a brilliant system if um, a rock's falling on your head. Yeah, right? Okay, it's a great system. What it also does is it switches off our thinking part of our brain. It just literally switches it off. You're walking along, you look up, you see a rock falling on your head. In that moment, do you need complex thought? No. 
No, that's the last thing you need. In fact, complex thought and valuing the various options. Well, I could run forward, I could go back, or I could go to the side. Mm. It'll be detrimental to you. You would be dead. Okay, so it literally, it, it, the um, amygdala will hijack your thinking part of your brain. It'll literally just switch it off. It's called an amygdala hijack or an emotional hijack. Great, it's a brilliant system if a rock's falling on your head. The problem is the amygdala isn't very good at discerning between the distinction between physical danger, a rock falling on your head, and social and emotional danger. Social and emotional danger looks more like criticism, someone questioning your decision, someone embarrassing you, sometimes when you feel an injustice or a harm or you've been overlooked. Suddenly when that happens, your amygdala says danger and it puts you into a fight or fight situation and it switches off your thinking brain. <laughs> Ever been in a situation when all of a sudden you just can't think of the answer, you just can't think of any answers? 20 minutes later, they all come flooding back in. Yeah, the amygdala has just switched off your thinking. Now signs that the amygdala has put you into a fight situation is that... Uh, you change color, you get flustered, you get hotter, your temperature increases, you puff yourself up, you put your shoulders back, you clench your fists, your voice becomes more aggressive and louder. You ever experienced that? That means the amygdala is starting to switch off your thinking brain. Uh, you no longer have complex thoughts. All your thoughts have narrowed down to one, which is, I will survive. And so what it means in that situation, you've taken all the options available and you've narrowed it down to one, you're focusing on one, you're focusing on your danger and you're saying to yourself, or you're saying to the danger, I am going to take you down. Now you, you all know what I'm talking about because you've all done it. Or you've been on the receiving end. Alternatively, it can put you into a flight mode. If you go into a flight mode, generally your shoulders will come forward, your hands will come down, maybe into your pockets, your eyes will get distracted, they'll look to the floor, they'll look to the door or to your watch because these are all signs of I want to get away. You'll start becoming a yes person, you'll say yes to anything and everything because you just want to get out of the situation, you just want to get away. Neither of these approaches is very helpful. Neither of them are God-honoring. Neither of them are Jesus-like behavior. It's none of them is us being our best. It's not loving of God. It's not loving of others. Okay? So that is the problem. The question is, what is the solution? Well, James, Jesus' little brother, gives us wisdom for life. Wisdom on how to overcome anger, how to overcome our amygdala problem. And he says <coughs> in verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Firstly, slow to speak. When the amygdala has sent chemicals into your system, it will stay in your system for 20 minutes. Now, 20 minutes is a long time to be speaking without thought. Yeah? <laughs> okay? Now, all of you who've been in a heated argument know what I'm talking about. At the end of the argument, you're thinking, you think to yourself, what was I thinking when I said that? The problem was you weren't thinking. 
Okay, when you're in that situation, James says, be slow to speak. In other words, when you're in that situation, the best thing to do is shut up. Okay? Before you say something you regret. Secondly, he says, be quick to listen. How often are we just more concerned about getting our point across, making sure our point of view is heard, that we're not actually listening? While the person is talking, we're actually thinking about what we're going to say next, what answer we're going to be giving, and all we're doing is waiting for a pause so we can jump in. Sometimes, if you were just to listen to the other person, it would avoid the whole argument in the first place. So James says, be quick to listen. Actually listen and actively listen. You know, don't just hear what the person saying. Actually understand why they saying what they saying. Take a genuine interest in what they saying. So when they finish saying something, don't just jump in with what you want to say. Ask them questions about what they've just said. Take an interest in what they've saying. Ask them more questions. Find out why they said what they said. Be quick to listen. Thirdly, be slow to become angry. Now, once you've become angry, it's generally too late. Okay? We need to take action before we get to the point of anger. Now, with social-emotional danger, our amygdala doesn't just flood a whole system with chemicals, unlike with physical danger. It, it rather, it sort of drip feeds chemicals into us. As we start to get more agitated and more annoyed, you will start feeling the amygdala pumping chemicals into you. That's when you need to take action. So as soon as you feel your, your, your heart start pounding, your palms are getting sweaty, your temperature's going up, your shoulders are starting to go back, that's when you need to take action. That's when you need to do something to stop the amygdala from continuing flooding your system with chemicals. Practically, what do we do? How do you practically stop it? Well, a good suggestion is to actually say the word stop and your name. So I would say, Mike, stop. Now, if you're in front of people, you probably want to say this in your head. Okay, not out loud. Just, I'm just putting that out there. But, but you do want to talk to yourself. You do want to say, Stop it. Do a bit of self-talk. Another good thing to do is take a deep breath. That will help relax you, and it actually starts sending different chemicals into your system that will overcome the negative chemicals. So take a deep breath. Mike, stop. Finally, James says... That we need to humbly accept the word planted in you. Verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, all moral filth and evil within this context is quite clearly referring to anger and evil speech. Where that, that thoughtless comments, those harsh criticisms, those insults, those, that gossip. It's also the ideas of always wanting to win the argument, to be right, to be first, to be heard. James says, get rid of it. Cut it out. How do you cut it out? He continues, and humbly accept the word planted in you. 
What is the word? Well, in the previous section, in James chapter 1, in verse 18, it says that God chose to give us new birth through the word of truth. So the word is referring to the good news of Jesus. God's love for us. Now, God knows us intimately. He knows all our flaws and all our imperfections. Yet, God still loves us, accepts us, and forgives us. Even though we haven't done anything to deserve God's love and acceptance, God still loves us and accepts us and forgives us. In fact, He loves us so much that He died for us. And God calls us to live in that love. To receive that love and to reflect that love to others. To love God and to love people. And James says that that word is already planted in us if we put our faith in Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus, you've already received the love of God in your hearts. And just like a farmer would plant a seed in soil hoping that it will grow and produce a great harvest, God has planted His love in our hearts so that it will grow in us and through us. Okay? What's that going to do with overcoming anger? Well, it's a question about where do you put your self-worth? What is most important to you? To be right? To be first? To win the argument? Or is Jesus and demonstrating Jesus-like love more important? That's why it says we need to humbly accept this. Because I like to be right. I like to be heard. I like to be first. So it's very humbling to realize it's not about me. It really is not about me. It's all about Jesus and demonstrating Jesus-like love. And that's very humbling. But it's also freeing. It's liberating. I've become far less angry. I've become far less sensitive about my ego and my rights. I've become far more understanding, far more forgiving, far more loving. Of course, I still blow it from time to time. Victoria's nodding. (laughs) But then I stop and I reflect. Well, what is really most important to me? Is it all about me and my ego and being right? Or is it all about Jesus and demonstrating Jesus-like love? And the more we spend time humbly accepting the word, the more we spend daily, day by day, moment by moment, deciding that it's not about me and my ego and my rights, it's all about Jesus and demonstrating Jesus like love. The more we do that, when we suddenly find ourselves in the heat of the moment, it'll be a lot easier to become slow to become angry. Also, humbly accepting the word means that we... We hand the issue over to God. We humble ourselves and we hand the issue over to God. There will be times when we will be wronged, we will be overlooked. But rather than getting all wound up and worked up and seeking revenge and seeking to become even, we hand the issue over to God. And we say, God, we're leaving it to you to work out, sort out this issue in your time, 
and in your way. And if that's our attitude, again, it'll become easier in the heat of the moment to become slow, to become angry. Also, when we humbly accept the word plotted on us, it means that we're going to be reflecting on, on how great God's love is for us, that He loves us, that He wants a relationship with us, and He has a plan and a purpose for our life. And the more we do that, there's only one response. Thankfulness. Gratitude. And a genuine attitude of gratitude actually releases chemicals into your system that overtake the negative chemicals that the amygdala would send into your system. The more thankful you are, if that's your disposition, if you're constantly looking every day to those I love my life moments because of what God's done for me, the more genuinely thankful you are, the more positive chemicals you'll naturally have in your body that will prevent a manigla hijack. Make it easier in the heat of the moment not to become angry. So let's spend time humbly accepting the word. By giving thanks to God for his great love for us. By realizing it's not about me and my ego and being right. It's all about Jesus and demonstrating Jesus-like love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often we do lose our cool. We lose perspective. We get heated. We get wound up. Father, so often we look back and we think, oh, why did I say that? What was I thinking? Father, help us to overcome anger in our life. Help us to humbly accept your word. To realize that it's not all about me and my ego, but it's all about you and your love and demonstrating Jesus-like love. Help us to be more patient with one another loving one another, accepting one another. And Father, help us to listen, to listen to each other. We confess that so often we, we think we're so important and our ideas are so important, we're not actually listening. Help us to listen, to genuinely listen, to genuinely take an interest and care in other people. Help us to be more understanding. Father, we, we thank you for a lot of the practical advice of taking a deep breath, of saying stop, of being more thankful, of reflecting more on your love. But Father, we still feel weak. And so we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would empower us and enable us to live the life you have called us to live. Won't you, by your Holy Spirit, just fill us with your love from within, that it just wells up, that it becomes the most important thing in our life. That our identity and our self-worth won't be found in looking smart, looking clever and being right. But found, that, found in, a, in a relationship with you. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.